I look for connecting to truth because when we connect to our inner truth, and this is the mind, body, heart, the spirit, when we connect to truth, we will find freedom and we will find the truest love. Urban Jungle brings stories from people around the globe that design and build a better world. I am Magda Flores and this is Urban Jungle. Welcome. Did you know that where we live and how we interact affects our well-being? Yet, when we talk about well-being, we tend to talk about me. Well-being is about we, the community and the environment we live in. It is time to shift the paradigm from me to we. Check out the Urban Wellbeing Training courses developed in partnership with the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management at www.siwem.org. This is an interview with Kath Sparrow. Kath is a spiritual director and facilitator certified in spiritual direction and dream work at the Hayden Institute of North Carolina and a few other programs as well. She is also a writer and musician. Kath helps people live true to themselves by embracing the mystery and wonder of the inner life. Today, we talk about how to live your best life to live true to self. Hello, Kath. Hi there. So good to be here. Lovely to talk to you. And to break the ice, would you like to share a place you like to visit near where you live? Uh, well, I just moved to Puerto Vallarta, which is very exciting for me. One of the things that I have love to do it's actually where i met you was swimming in the ocean so open water swimming has been such a gift here and not only for the experience and recently listening to the whales underwater the humpback whales but also meeting great people so really excited to be doing that awesome something very interesting you have a fantastic background so tell me a little bit about your journey and how you became a spiritual companion Ah, well, uh, yeah, the life has been interesting. I've been a musician, I've been a dental hygienist, been a mother and a wife, and now I'm a grandmother. Uh, I think the way to start it would be to say life got very busy as a mother and doing all the things that I felt like I needed to do in order to uh, check all the boxes of what I felt was important. I think I had a point where I knew that things had to change and I wanted to connect deeper spiritually. And I'd always had what I felt was a good spiritual connection, but there was just this niggling sense of, I wonder if there's something more. And I'd heard about spiritual directions, so I looked into that myself. And honestly, my first spiritual direction appointment was kind of mind-blowing. The night before I had this huge dream, I never, I didn't remember my dreams beforehand and uh, I happened to mention the dream and the appointment and she happened to be a dream worker. And we just launched into this fascinating journey that is as unique to me as every spiritual journey is. And so from that point, I just fell in love with it because there was something about being heard and witnessed and being honest with myself. The changes for me happened so fast. In my life, within six months, I was 
I was just making these, these seemingly small changes that had a big impact on myself and my family. And shortly after that, I had three people ask me to accompany them without them knowing that I was seeing a spiritual director. And so I thought, well, that's just confirmation that I need to do this training and lean into this. And that's that's what I've done ever since. So that was around 2009. And there's something about connecting to true self, but also being witnessed in it. That is the most powerful thing I've experienced. And that's, there's, there's kind of a magic in it. What do you mean by being witnessed? Well, we can have all sorts of thoughts running in our heads. All sorts of thoughts and ideas and ruminations and maybe this. And sometimes we can even connect too. Wow, I heard myself say I should do this. And it was from a really soft and loving place. But there's something very different about doing that witnessed and having spoken it out and then have it in the air in front of us and be listening in that manner. And when we do that, something shifts. Something deeper shifts and we're not, not able to ignore it the way we can second guess ourselves and go, did I really say that? Now, is that me? Who, what part of me is saying that? Right. So I would like to understand the difference between being religious and the voices that we hear and what is it to be spiritual? Are they the same thing or are they different things? Ah, good question. Well, that's a big question. So I'll take a shot at it. I think as I understand, religion at its essence is the attempt to explain the unexplainable. It's the attempt to say there's this some notion of God that we have that we try and write about in wisdom texts, that we try to speak about in gatherings, that we try and access through various forms of contemplative practices and prayer. So that's the intention of religion as I believe the, the name religion means to reconnect. So it is trying to reconnect to the inner self. And then the paradox is, is as soon as something becomes an institution, then it loses that self-directed and becomes outer-directed. And so to me, there's this tension that we have to hold between kind of an outer structure that has evolved over time that connects in some way, the wisdom texts are amazing when they're used at the deepest level and they're ultimately the most harmful thing when they're used in the most shallow power-seeking level. And so we see both. So that's the religious aspect. The spiritual aspect has always been how a human being connects to their own inner divinity and recognizes, I mean, I believe that at the core, our souls are love and are loved. And then there's an overlay of all the things in and around that, um, that try to shake us off course. And so this human quest to integrate our, our humanity and our divinity in the same, in the same form is, is our greatest challenge. Right. So you've been talking about wisdom as well, the inner wisdom. Mm -hmm. How can someone find the inner wisdom? Where did we lose it? Where did we just leave it behind? How do we get it back? 
Yeah. I mean, it does sound a bit uh, difficult to comprehend. Sure. I'm going to start in the smallest way possible. Spiritual wisdom exists in the present moment. And so human beings, we've been conditioned and also our, our ego, our survival is dependent on us being able to plan ahead and to look into the into the future and say, okay, I need food. So how do I gather food? I need shelter and, and so on and so forth. And on a spiritual level, what we're doing is we're trying to connect in the present moment to something deeper in ourselves. And so there's this interplay between survival and meaning. And how, again, how do we hold both and integrate the two? How do we bring them together is, is the big challenge. So some of us are a little bit better, perhaps if we are a little bit more introspective. Is that what we need? Introspection, thought, understanding, self-love? You know, what are the the characteristics that would allow a mundane person <laughs> to gain that level of understanding? Okay. I'm going to say every person. There is no such thing as a mundane person. Every person can connect to that instantly. And I'll just use the example of every person, that you, if you ask, have you ever been in a state of wonder or awe? Or where you've lost track of time. Or where you've just had been so moved to tears, either through love or through suffering. And we all connect to our spirituality in a variety of those ways. So what we tend to do is we want comfort. And that depth involves a deeper part of ourselves to be activated. And it involves some discomfort, either ecstasy or suffering, both involve discomfort in one way or another. They're beyond our norms. And so we kind of bring our lives down into a comfort level of, I'm okay. And that feels good. And so what we need to do in however, however we want to do it, this is where the psyches are all unique, is just to get curious. What would connect me to something deeper? Is it painting is it walking is it writing is it yoga um, there's a thousand doorways to access that deeper sense of self and the wisdom comes from a quieter place uh, parker palmer says that the soul is this kind of like a, a shy wild animal small and resilient and it only comes out when it's safe and so however we can open a place for ourselves where our souls feel safe to come out and say, and it's usually a smaller voice that says, hey, have you ever thought of, or do you remember when you were a kid and you really wanted to paint? Or you just wanted to climb trees or whatever the prompt is. That's the place, that's the source where that inner voice is most active. And so our societies are really good at drowning that out. And we drown that through ego, through not having time, through having too much noise around us. Because I suppose when we go, for example, for a walk or for a swim in the sea, then there's tranquility. There's a, a thought. Yes. So one thing I'll throw out there for people who are like, how do I start? How do I start? One of the 
I mean, there's lots of things to do, but one way of kind of thinking about things is whenever you notice yourself operating in duality, as in either or, or I want this and I don't want this. And so the, the ego operates at that level. And the ego is not a bad thing. It's just, it's just not all there is. Ego is not the whole itself. But when we notice like, oh, I really want this, really don't want this. We can just sit with the curiosity of, oh, I wonder what's underneath that. I wonder why I'm resisting what I don't want. And I wonder why I'm so attached to what I want. And there's this kind of gentle curiosity that we can play with, with the inner self. Just, just take one step in and go, hmm, I wonder what it'd be like to sit with, with that, that need in me to want that so badly or to avoid this. Wow. Wow. Because it is um, allowing us to get into that other level world of being kids, isn't it? Of being curious. And that is just so, so awesome. But then the ego causes clashes, right? It's uh, fighting against everything else. So yes, we can be a little bit curious. Um, is that meditation that helps us? Is that how do we acquire that discipline, you see? Because it might occur one moment, but then all of a sudden, I get busy, 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 busy. So how do we get that time? Do we have to book it in the calendar? Yes. <laughs> well, I would say most of us operate on a program, a conditioned program that has been set up since we were kids. And by 35, it's pretty set. So up to 95% of our actions, thoughts, and thoughts, uh, this is Joe Dispenza's work, talks about, uh, is pre-programmed. So yes, if we want to experience something new, we have to do something new. Our egos also like to say, well, I must need to start a meditation practice. I have to start journaling every day. I need to. And there's all these, there's a heavy should in that voice. And so then the ego fights the ego. <laughs> Trying to a spiritual direction conversation uh. is noticing the individuality of every person's situation and what the psyche wants to bring up for that individual. And so if you ask me that question in a spiritual direction appointment, I would never say, well, Magda, here's what you could do. I would say, what's coming up for you as you're exploring that question? Uh, <laughs> I just panic. <laughs> because there's so much, right? So, right. That's pressure to, oh, now I've got to ask my heart. Now I've got to ask my senses. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it can bring up discomfort. And that's why a safe place. But here's what inevitably happens. And I, honestly, I've been doing this work since 2014. I have never had somebody's soul be harsh on themselves. It's the ego that goes, ah, it's the ego that goes, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of freaking out. Oh, ah. But if we relax and if we just open and soften, and if there's probably one phrase for all of spiritual practice, it's open and soften and be gentle and have grace and listen. You'd be amazed at the wisdom that comes out. And people are so surprised. They're like, well, I heard this. You know, I'm really mindful of confidentiality. So I never share other people's experiences because it's holy space. Like it really is 
but the magic, um, let me see if I can bring one up for myself. Okay, so for one session in it, a dream came up and and it was in response to a direct question of how do I get in touch better? And a dream came up and the, the clear message in that dream was that I was looking after myself like a baby. So uh, in dream work where every personality in the dream represents an aspect of ourselves, um, typically, not always, but typically. And so I was caring for myself like a baby. And when that dream came into that sacred space of conversation, I had these soft tears of, oh, that's the self-care required. That's the soul. And it's not like an overwhelming um, smack to the head or even a volcano emotion, although occasionally if we've been suppressing something, it can come up that way. But often it's just this, oh, what would it be like to care for myself like a baby in this moment? And so do you see, the ego doesn't know what to do with that. And then as that dream, for example, as it shows up in daily life, I'm rushing and suddenly that dream enters my psyche and I just have to just soften a little bit and go, oh, huh. like that's how spirit works. And everyone's got it. I'll share one other thing. I worked in uh, six years in a shelter for women escaping family violence. And so they were essentially running from men that were trying to kill them. It was the most extreme form of trauma. And I held a spiritual circle for them once a week. And so, and they didn't know me. They, this was not any particular spiritual tradition. And the idea was just to help them connect to the deeper sense of self. So I'm gonna be a little bit stereotypical now as I explain the dynamics, like the groups. But I mean, there was everyone from a 16-year-old who had a child. There was young moms with multiple children, no education. There were people from other cultures who had so many challenges. Like these are not people who have time to introspect. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. They want to do everything but, but you'd hold the space and open with just a simple poem. For example, there's a thread that you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder about what you're pursuing. You have to explain about the thread, but it's hard for others to see. It goes a little on beyond that. Now I just say, so what's your thread? And just open the space. And people's souls are longing to connect. This is the thing that I want everyone to know is that we all long to connect to our souls because it gives us peace and freedom. And so, you know, this, this young mom of three who's got a family that's, whole family's abusive. She goes, well, I know when I'm off base and I'm not connecting to my thread, I just feel it in my body. And I mean, obviously I'm paraphrasing. And she says, right now, I know I need to do, and I'm not even gonna share the details of what she needed to do. I know I need to do this, but that's gonna be really hard for me. But I know that's what's good for me. So eventually like, yeah, I think I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do it. Oh wow. So I'm just gonna share like there's this and then you you take that same circle and put it into um people who are more in their heads and more kind of have complex egos. And they're like, oh, I have to think about that. 
and they're not connected to the body and to the present moment. Do you see? Right, their hearts are not with it. It's harder for, for us who have really regimented lives and who are in control to kind of drop into that space. So I just want to name some of the paradoxes and interests and unexpected things that come along when you do spiritual work. That uh, often you, the, the person you kind of think is going to be last is first, and the person you think is going to be first is going to be last, which is one of the parables uh, from Bible's wisdom tradition. Wow, wow. Three things that you would like to share that we do to love ourselves. Because I'm a spiritual director, I look for one thing. And so this may be different than other modalities. I look for connecting to truth. Because when we connect to our inner truth, and this is the mind, the body, the heart, the spirit, when we connect to truth, we will find freedom. And we will find the truest love for ourselves. And so however you can connect to your own truth is the deepest form of love. Now, I say that and people go, oh my gosh, just, just I'm running away right now. So, <laughs> well, we, we, we need a little space, maybe uh, a few hours or months to actually digest that. So would you like to say it again, please? <laughs> All right. So connecting, so connecting to truth, it can be as simple as paying attention in the present moment, taking a breath and noticing your feelings. The biggest help for me that in, in terms of self-care and loving care has been paying attention to the body and to the body's wisdom. And we in the Western, uh, we, we kind of split mind and body, say, okay, I'm gonna look after my, my mind, I'm gonna look after my body and some workout and we, but we don't, really listen that carefully to the body's wisdom and if we could reconnect to that in some really simple way so a breathing practice getting out in nature for even five minutes or while you're walking from this the store to the car just breathing i mean these things can be so simple and so easy that's kind of the, the the both end of you can jump in. We need to make big changes. Sometimes you need to look into your truth and drop deep in. But sometimes it's just as simple as, or maybe getting curious about what do I need right now, and breathing, listening a little bit deeper. How's that? <sighs> it's uh, it's pure wisdom. <laughs> That's what it is, because it means self-love in terms of what I need, not what I believe others need me to do, which is more of the way that many of us have been brought up. Sure. Wow, it's huge. I've been hearing, and so I just want to put a plug out and say, spiritual direction is this off, this beautiful opportunity to connect with the self, and it's self-directed. So there's nobody prying and digging and saying, you need to go into your childhood and fix this. And I'm not saying that this psychotherapy, for, but the, the typical uh, kind of sense of, oh my gosh, if I do, I have to go deep. Uh, and maybe some, some fear that the spiritual direction appointment is, is very self-directed. It's very, I get to talk about myself uninterrupted 
And no one is going to give me advice, judge me, tell me what to do in any form, tell me I should read a book, tell me I'm flawed, give me a diagnosis. And all of these things are helpful, obviously. But just to connect, just to be able to speak out. I mean, my spiritual director right now, my appointments, because I still see a spiritual director, and one of the one of the things that we are is we are companions. So we are always on our journey. So my primary job is my own inner work. And out of that, I hold space for others. But my spiritual direction appointments right now are I'm talking 90% of the time. That's just what it's like right now. I have a lot to say, and I just need to get it out. And then I get it reflected back to me and have a few questions, and that's pretty much the sessions. It is self-responsibility at its highest level. Yes. It is an opportunity to take your own inner work into your own hands and just have someone else safe to, to be there with you when you get stuck. So I guess I wanted, I wanted to put that out there because it's, it's an unfamiliar modality for a lot of people. I think that's beautiful. That's beautiful because sometimes we hear people, we hear ourselves blaming everybody else because it must be everybody else's problem. However, my happiness, my relaxation, my spirituality, it's about me and myself and I should be okay. Just like the old book, isn't it? If I'm okay, you're okay. So uh, <laughs> that's the way it works. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. So what's next for Cat Sparrow? Mm. I live in the present moment. I have a very small spiritual direction practice. I think my focus right now is actually just uh, calming my nervous system in a in a very new orientation, a new country, new language. And so there's a lot of being honest about the limits of what I can do and how much rest I need. That my ego says, oh, come on, surely you don't need a nap. And my body goes, absolutely, yes. And I, when, I'm, when I'm connected, I listen in that present moment. Wow. And we get to practice listening. <laughs> how can we get in touch with you ah i'm not very connected i don't have a website yet i work word of mouth Casparo at gmail.com is an easy way to connect i'm on messenger and instagram at Casparo. the spelling of my name is unique i think i'm the only Casparo in the world so it's the last it's k-a-t-h last name is s-p-a-r-o pardon me i have to mention spiritual directors international is the website and the, the organization that I belong to. Awesome. Thank you very much, Kat. And thank you. This was great. This is Urban Jungle with your host, Magda Flores. Thanks for joining. And if there is a topic or people you would like to hear from, all you have to do is drop me a line. My email address is urbanwsolutions at gmail.com. Urban environments need your help. Be part of the solution. Check out our training courses on urban well-being. Developed in partnership with SIWEM, the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management at www.siwem.org.